Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante, along with Thomas Frank Carr. T. Frank, are you ready for an absolutely huge day on the Keystone Kickoff Show? Uh, I know I said this jokingly before we got started, but I'm serious. And like this may be the first time that I've been woefully unprepared <laughs> for one of the topics we're doing. And I'm the one who suggested it. So uh, this is a good growing experience for me. In, in terms of, like, I, I've wanted to do this for a while, um, but it, it's – being a coach is really hard, and that's kind of what we're doing today. So we'll see how much I know actually about football. Let's do – what we're talking about is we are going to make the big announcement today. T. Frank Carr is going to take over as offensive coordinator for the Penn State Nittany Lions. Yes, that's right. He will become the fourth offensive coordinator in the last four years. I could picture uh, Coach James Franklin making the announcement. We're always looking to upgrade. Always. Everything's a uh, competition, even with the coaching staff. T. Frank, thanks to your fine work on the Keystone kickoff show, we became aware of your football acumen, and we are making an upgrade at offensive coordinator. We are moving on from Mike Yursich and assigning Thomas Frank Carr, or as we call him, TFC, as our new offensive coordinator. T. Frank, before we start talking about what your plans are for the upcoming season, I want to take a look back at what has gone wrong on that side of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So we could get the picture of what you need to fix as you come in. Two years ago, if you recall, seems like an eternity ago, Kirk Scirocco was here. Penn State won their last four or five games. I'm not sure it really mattered, but he kind of got conservative, mm. and it worked. Mm -hmm. Brought in Mike Yersich. Because he was going to be explosive. We're going to have that explosive offense again. Explain to us what Mike Yursich's goal was as he came in for the 21 season at Penn State. What was he looking to accomplish, T. Frank? So, first off, I'm wildly uncomfortable with that intro because someone's going to take that seriously. And that's going to get back to somebody. And somehow I'm going to have to talk to Mike Yursich and he's going to be like... Were you the dude that thought you could take my job? And uh, and I gotta see him. On, I gotta see him today, like on Wednesday. So that's fun. Um, so Just blame me, T. Frank. Blame <laughs> me for everything. So this kind of gets into offensive systems, which is what we're talking about today. And like. What I want to do is just describe what I would do, kind of the systems that I like, and some of the concepts that I think are are smart. So. The goal for James Franklin is always get explosive plays. And if you look at Minnesota, they do it differently than the way Mike Yursich does it. So Minnesota, and, and consequently then Penn State, who tried to do this, tried to do it with RPOs and play action. 
So what uh, you're trying to create space at all times for your receivers to get one-on-one, easy-to-read matchups for your quarterback so he can deliver the football on time to somebody who can then break a tackle and make a big play or just bust open a wide-open play. So they condensed formations, ran the football, used RPO, that run-pass option, to threaten the defense, suck everyone in, use play action to do the same thing, and then throw to Rashad Bateman and um, the other guy. I forget his name at this point. But those bigger-bodied receivers down the field to create explosive plays. So it's kind of the opposite of what Mike Yersich does, which is spread everybody out, create one-on-ones, throw the ball, threaten multiple levels of the defense, and then uh, create explosive plays that way. Now, that's very basic, broad strokes. Um, But that's been the issue, was that Kirk Shiraka could not create those explosive plays because the running game was not consistent, because they lost both of their running backs before the season. Uh, And also, like, the offensive line was good, but was... I, I think was functional, and let me let me step that back. They were a functional run-blocking offensive line. That system could have worked if they had had the balance they needed in those games, but it is a more progressive approach. It is an approach where if you are uh, not hitting those explosive plays and play action, you face a relatively... Um, uh, smart defense that doesn't bite on things, it can it can force you to run the ball if you're James Franklin more than you want to, which works for P.J. Fleck at Minnesota because he wants to run the ball anyway. Uh, Mike Yersich, I think, is uh, maybe last year was a bad indication of what he wants to do because he was much more run-oriented at Oklahoma State. They had an explosive running game at Oklahoma State. And I really, because he was at Texas for one year, he was the passing game coordinator at Ohio State. I think that's the the truest sense of, like, what is his system? So uh, he was more of a run-oriented pass caller who used play action and deep shots to create space and and vertical stress on the defense. So um, that's really kind of, in a nutshell, what happened last year is a lot of the things that he had done historically... He could not replicate at Penn State because of the personnel and the installation time. And the other factor is that we've gone around and around and around and around in ad nauseum over the last eight months. When I watched the Penn State offense last year, especially when I watched the replays of the games where you could study, when the plays collapsed, my unprofessional opinion was it seemed to start at the offensive line. And I'm not so sure it was always a physical issue. Oftentimes it seemed like a mental issue. Three or four guys were doing one thing. The fifth guy was doing something else. And that doesn't work on an offensive line. Is that the source of where the issues and problems were for this offense last year? Um, I wouldn't say there was one source. So we, we, we try to simplify things so our brain can make it easy, right? Because if it's one thing, then it's, then it's an attainable solution. If it's, a, it's, if it's an amalgamation of things, then it's much harder to just, you know, we need to turn one nugget or we're going to produce one widget, put it in the machine, and we're fine. When really it was, I, I think, multifaceted. of, and, and a lot of it did have to do with the offensive line. 
So the offensive line struggled to consistently run block, which affected one part of the game. That has a knock-on effect to affect play action. Play action creates easy reads for the quarterback, and it gives you the opportunity to efficiently throw the football down the field or get players in space so they can catch and run because you're threatening every level of the field. If you don't have an effective or efficient running game, you don't have to run the ball with volume, but you do have to be efficient, then that creates issues in the passing game. So that creates the need then for your quarterback to shoulder more of the load, putting you in more pure passing situations. That's harder on everyone in the offense. The quarterback, the sometimes the receivers, their job stays relatively the same, uh, and then the offensive line, where the defense... In passing situations, obvious passing situations, it's one of the few times that the defensive line dictates the action, where they are determining whether we're blitzing, whether we're bringing four, whether we're attacking one gap, overload, whatever. They get to go on the uh, the offensive. So when you're doing that, you have to be coordinated, you have to be efficient and effective in your communication. And that group struggled at times to do that. And I, I compared Will Levis and Sean Clifford in a series of articles uh, the last over the last week and a half. And that was the biggest thing I found was Sean Clifford had 100 more pure dropbacks with no play action, no RPO. He was playing the game on hard mode last year, and, and consequently so was the offensive line. So the more opportunities you give that group to make mistakes in the first year of an offense, the more mistakes they're going to make. And it's not a one-for-one one thing, but for the most part, they worked themselves out as the season went along. But there were some guys that were just still making mistakes. Um, and, and I know we talked about this previously when we were talking about Coach Caduti breaking down some of the, the film about the offensive line making mental errors. And they did that. That there's no way around that. But when you're isolating one or two instances early in the season, I tend to give more uh, latitude for people learning the offense and learning the system over later in the season where I thought they were a little cleaner. They just weren't effective. And talking about how things were early in the season, I've gone back, watched the film of Penn State-Wisconsin, the first game, the first half, where I think they had one first down. And the Fox color guy was just talking about Penn State can't compete up front. They've got to get the ball out quickly, go wide to the receivers very quick, let those guys make plays. It doesn't stay in the quarterback's hands very long, and it was effective. They scored points in the second half. Let's move forward now. T. Frank, you're taking over for this coming season. What are you telling uh, us, the fans, in your first press conference, and what are you telling the players? What's your overview of what you're looking to do with the offense this year? And you're okay, smiling. Two minutes. Come on. You're two in minutes. charge. you got two <laughs> minutes to do this. Right, right. So I'm going to explain the complex. Actually, it's probably good. It'll keep me from saying anything stupid <laughs> because of the, straight out into the desert of ignorance here. Um, so I, I think the first thing is that uh, not a lot is going to change. I agree philosophically with a lot of things that Mike Yersich does. But what we're going to do is we're going to simplify some areas of the offense, and we are going to go with a more pure form of, uh, of an offense. And I'll get into a little bit of that in the next segment, but really the goal here is going to be still to create explosive plays and to use the passing game efficiently. Because the most valuable plays in football are throws down the football field. And we're going to help the quarterback create as many 
uh, I don't want to say easy because nothing's easy, but clear decisions. Clear, understandable decisions to put the ball into the more aggressive windows down the football field because that is how you change the game. That is how you efficiently attack and you score points. And uh, from that is going to stem everything else. Now, the ground game is going to be a huge part of that, and we're going to make sure that we create explosive plays in the ground game as well. But we are going to major and focus on passing the football and not a, th not a thousand paper cuts. We are not throwing bubble screens. We are not throwing into the flat. We are going to push the ball down the field as much as we can. That being said, we're going to do anything possible to win. So if we do have to throw bubble screens and we do have to augment, we will do that. That'll be a part of our offense. But the majority of what we want to do is we want to create explosive plays and use our, our skill players to do what they do best. Put players in space that have speed and make the defense pay for whatever they run against us. Very good as the overview, T. Frank. That's good for quarter number one. Quarter number two, we're going to get into more detail. We're going to hear what offensive coordinator T. Frank Carr is going to be telling the players what he's going to be implementing Monday through Friday to have his team ready for Saturday. Stay with us for that. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. <laughs> 